Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen... I give you Stu and Blake. Hi, Stu. How you doing, man? You can't start it with that voice. That was the most nasal voice you've ever done then. That was really weird. What are you talking about, (laughs) Stu? (laughs) I don't know what was wrong with my voice there. How dare you? It went a bit creepy. That's not confidence boosting for me. I'm still young in the podcast game. You can't do that to me. Um, oh, well, look, sorry. hello to everyone. Hello to everyone. Uh, welcome to episode three of the uh, MMA fan podcast. Um, Stu, what do we have for everyone today? <laughs> oh, we've got uh, um, a great episode today, Blake. Uh, I mean, we sit down with a, a legit legend. We, we we sit down with Brad One Punch Pickett. I mean. That'll do, right? That's pretty darn good, isn't it? Legend. Um, as you're about to hear, he's an absolute gentleman and, you know, talks about, you know, we talk about his career, we talk about, I won't give too much away, but we talk about weight cutting, we talk about sort of mental strength going into it and, yeah, just just some really, really great stuff and he's, he's, he's full of good chat, he's Brad. Um, fight or flight, who we got for that? And with Fight or Flight, we've got Laura Checkley, who's a very funny and brilliant actress. Uh, she's done a lot, but most recently she is in King Gary, BBC's hit sitcom. So we'll be talking to her as well. Absolutely brilliant. Um, just quickly, a big thanks to you lot, because we're on episode three. Um, thanks loads for, for getting involved on the socials. Um, if you're not, you can find us on all the socials and uh, get involved there. Give us a, you know, a message, anything you want to ask us, and we'll try and... Uh, we try and answer your questions. Uh, and also, if you subscribe, uh, that would be great. And uh, that way you won't have to go looking for any of these episodes. They'll just pop up on your listening device. Should we uh, kick straight in? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, here's our interview with Brad One Punch Picket. Um, we're joined today by Brad Pickett. Hello. 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 How are you doing? I'm all good, thank you. I'm all good. I'm all good. Yourselves? Good, mate. Good. Not too bad. Um, Brad, I mean, what have you been up to recently? The last I've seen, uh, I saw you, the the last time I saw you scrapping was the bare knuckle. Correct. Um, And so has there been anything sort of in the pipeline since then? 
No, no, nothing really. So, I mean, I don't even know how long that was ago, though, but maybe a couple of years ago now, maybe. Was uh, it? Sorry? Was it really two years ago? I don't know. This, this last, yeah, I think, it, I think it'd be two years this March, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But now, yeah, it's March now. So, yeah, I think about two years now, I think. Yeah, a long so, time ago. Was that always just like a, a one-off for you, or was that something that you wanted to do more? Pretty much, well... It, it was for me. It was a one-off. As in, like, how I explain this is, and when I got into fighting, my mom said to me, "I got it from my granddad." And my granddad uh, used to be. A, I never really met him. He died when I was four, so I can't really have much memories of him. But he uh, he used to work um, in, in the daytime as a roofer, and at nighttime he used to do bare knuckle boxing to earn a bit of extra money. And uh, so when I looked at old pictures of him, he used to wear a trilby hat and braces. And that's why I thought, right, in my fighting career in MMA, I'll come out here to pay tribute to my granddad uh, and wear my trilby trilby, trilby, uh, and some braces. So when I finished my fighting career, obviously I laid my hat down in in the octagon and then... uh, I've, I've been asked a few times about maybe doing a bare knuckle boxing match. Because for honestly, I think my fighting style really suits bare knuckle boxing. You know, hundred percent. Just the way, the way my type of boxing sort of style, uh, and also getting used to throwing like MMA gloves around is very similar to having a, a, a no glove. So, Glove, box, glove boxing is totally different to bare knuckle boxing, uh, defensively and offensively. Um, so I kind of I liked it, and I just thought it'd be quite a good tribute to my granddad to to, to finish on a bare knuckle boxing match. So that's what I did it. Um, and it wasn't I didn't do it like yeah. So for me, it was a challenge, you know. Like, I, and I like to think I'm a smart guy you know everyone does no one calls themselves mm-hmm. stupid but i like to think i'm a smart guy and how i saw it when i left mma i, I left mma i didn't get sacked or it was injured because most people when they retire from mma or retire from a sport is they get sacked or they have an injury that they can't recover from and they have to retire for me i i just kind of fell out of love with the sport so i i stopped being at the highest level so when I went, when I fought back realistically, if I moved over to uh, bare knuckle boxing, I would. The people who would give me trouble in fighting in general would be people a lot younger than me, fitter than me, uh, and that sort of stuff. And those type of guys are either fighting with gloves on in the WBO, the WBA, the WBC, or they're fighting in the UFC. So I'm kind of like, well, at the moment. I think I should be able to do pretty well at Banner Boxing if I chose to do so. Obviously, now in my eyes, the level of Banner Boxing has gone up uh, considerably over the last few years due to the uh, people, the popularity of the BKB uh, and stuff like that. So uh, it's attracted a lot more uh, athletes uh, and a lot of retired athletes as well have gone over. Um, so, yeah, so the level's gone up a lot. But when I was doing it, for me, it was quite sensible business decision you know and luckily in a weird masochistic sort of way if everyone knew me as a fighter i like to get in and have a proper fight and i kind of like won my bare knuckle box match with two punches and didn't even get hit so i kind of felt a little bit cheated i wanted to get i kind of wanted to feel 
feel what it would be like to get hit with no gloves. But, you know. So where, you know, it's like, always best to probably not get hit yeah. with no <laughs> glove if you can avoid it. <laughs> that's one of the things when I was fighting. I, I guess that's what kind of made me kind of like a fan sort of favourite where I, I like I didn't mind getting hit, so I wasn't scared of getting, ever getting hit. And, like, I never really had, got, had any trouble getting hit. So I'm like, well, it doesn't bother me. Like, you hit me once or twice, and I'm going to hit you once. I'll hit you back harder. So and that's kind of my point. I, I was Towards the end of my career, my durability did kind of slide a little bit while I was getting warm. That punches a little bit more than normal, and that's where I'm like, okay, cool. This is this is why it's my time to maybe move away from the sport. Uh, but in back in my heyday, I'd eat punches and kicks like biscuits. You know, it didn't bother me. Where does that come from? Because I have to say, like, I've always been terrible in any kind of confrontational situation. Mm-hmm. So how how young are you when you go? Actually, this doesn't bother me, and fighting is something that I. I either feels like it comes naturally or almost the way you speak about it sounds like it almost excites you a little bit or it did excite you a little bit fighting to me is not natural you know I, I don't have a bad bone in my body so to me to walk up and punch you in the face it really had to mean a lot you know, a lot so I I can fight don't get me wrong for me how I got into fighting I, I was a very, I was a sportsman and I love sports and I was a very competitive sportsman. Uh, my main sports ground was football and cricket, you know. Uh, and I did get to fight until I was 26. But I was very, I was very, like, yeah, I'd say I was very competitive. And I, I, and I liked, I liked the respect that fighting gave you. Because if you learn how to fight, people ain't going to mess with you by default. Yeah. You know? People people are very cowardice, you know. Like, and like, so like they pick on the easy target. When you're not an easy target, no one's going to pick on you. So I learned how to fight so I didn't really have to fight. And then also, being the type of person I am, I kind of used it more as a vigilante tool. So I used to help people, my, my girlfriends, my friends who were getting picked on. And I, I'll be that person like, hey, leave it out. Stop being a dick. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear or not. Yeah, but, swear away. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Ah, fuck it. Yeah. So I got to say, yeah, stop being a dick. You know, and I kind of like, all right, if you want to go, we'll go, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Like, and then a lot of people wouldn't mess with me because I obviously look like a bit, uh, you know, chewed off, uh, you know, some bricks or something. You know, so <laughs> I don't look like I've got like cauliflower face. So, uh, yeah. So that for me, yeah, again, it's not natural to fight people. You now, you know, how also, uh, can I say just to how I'm built? I used to fight. I say this a lot. I used to fight because, not because I hated what was in front of me. I fought because I loved what was behind me. So my friends, That's family, lovely. and stuff like that. So it, for me, it was just a, a, a job where I could put food on the table for my family, you know. Uh, and, and I never had any animosity towards anyone I ever fought. And like, for me, it didn't bother me. Like, you could be the nicest guy in the world. But when we're fighting, I will fight ferociously and try and not get off. Because I do not want to lose. That's how I am. Yeah. Right? You could be an absolute dickhead to me before the fight, and I'm going to do the same thing. So how you choose to be is up to you. I will never give you disrespect before the fight. I'm not that type of person. I respect everybody who um, does the sport. I respect everyone in general, you know, until you lose my respect. So, like, uh, 
yeah, it's not easy what to do what we do. So I don't, I'm not into that Conor McGregor and that all new age trash talking. I know it sells pay-per-views and mm-hmm. stuff. For me, I, I, I was an old school, let's have a dust up. Uh, you're going to have a hell of a fight when you fight me. You know what you're signing up for. And we're going to have, we're going to have a tear up. And it's, you know, old school and that's it, you know. No, no love loss. You know, I, I don't dislike you. I don't risk, risk any harm upon you or anything like that in any way. But it's just a, you know, it's just a job and it's just a fight, you know. And I mean, you, you touched on on Connor there, and, and and the kind of people that use you know all the trash talk and that to try and get into people's heads and things like that. And, and you know, and we've you know over the years we've seen that you know have an effect on fighters. We've seen people like you know uncomfortable with it because it's just not what they do. And you and you know and, and people like you know Connor and and, and Covington and that they're, they're good at it, you know, and it does sell sell fights. And so you know you've seen people walk out to that octagon and they don't look sort of confident. So where I'm going with this, Brad, is I'm just kind of interested in in how you dealt with with sort of mental focus and you know for for people like Blake and myself we're never going to experience anything like you've experienced and from initially walking out to some of them early fights like how did you control the nerves and then you know we we, we was at the show we, we saw you walk out to sold out O2 the whole place you know the, you know was just loving you roaring with you know appreciation of you and respect for what you'd achieved in your career how did you you know how do you deal with that and you know how do you control that before you my last fight which you're talking about was completely different that was a very emotional thing for me you know like because like i say not a lot of people go into their last fight knowing they're going to retire you know and everyone else knowing they're going to retire it's it's weird it's like i can't explain this it was like going to your own wake and still being alive, you know? Because <laughs> yeah, right? everyone got to say how much it meant to them and all that sort of stuff, and they, they appreciate me. And it just felt awesome. So you hear a lot of good things. Everyone's saying good things about you, but you're still there and you're alive. You can hear them. <laughs> so, it's not, so it was good. It was, it, and I do really think uh, that most athletes should retire on that wake because it was good. It was, I mean, it, it was like one of the, Obviously, the result didn't go my way, but you know, in my eyes, I was winning the whole fight until I ended up getting, <laughs> getting beat. But that shows also shows this is not a fairy tale sport. It's like yeah. you know, like things that, that do happen. But uh, it was just the whole thing. It was emotional. The whole emotional fight camp, emotional fight week, emotional day. So the last fight was a lot different. Going back to other no- normal sort of fights, it was more like. Uh, I was always nervous. I was never nervous of an opponent ever, ever. As I say, I was always quite, I find myself quite tough and mentally tough as well. Um, so I was never really afraid of getting hurt in any way whatsoever. I was always afraid of losing and losing in front of my fans and my friends and my family because, like, they come to watch me. And no matter, even if when you lose your fight and they go, oh, mate, I've had a wicked night. I'm like, no, yeah, but it would have been better if I'd have won. And you can't argue the fact. So I always felt like I let people down when I lost. And be like, don't be silly, but I'm like, that's how I felt. Uh, so, like, for me, I always put a lot of pressure on myself to, to win. Uh, and sometimes, you know, that did get, get me a little bit, you know. And uh, I was always, I think, for me, fighting is not natural. I'm, I'm a nice guy. I don't want to go punch someone in the face. 
I can look after myself and I will do it if I have to, but it's not natural for me to do that, you know? Um, so I was always nervous backstage. I was terrified. Ter- I mean, like, did you have, did you have, did you have like a routine or anything? That you, I would you just sort of pace up and down and not stay still until I was going to have a tea or fight. I couldn't stay still. You know, like I, I, I was just like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm like, I'm like, I'm just I was so nervous. I hated backstage. I hated. But when I started to walk out, that's when I'm like, right, yeah, because yeah, again, I always like to say I fought for the fans, and the fans are there, and they're like, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, oh, I ain't fucking losing. I, I ain't gonna lose it for you guys. Let's go. And I'm like, let's go. And then I walk to the cage, and I see my opponent. I'm like, oh, we're going. And I was just like, and I was fine. I was. Never, like I said, never scared of an opponent one bit. So ever. is it fair to say the anticipation of the fight was worse than the fight itself? Ten times. Ten times. You know? <laughs> ten, ten, I mean, like, it was the worst thing. In the world. I mean, like, you feel nausea. You feel sick before your fight. You know, like, I'm like, I, 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 the day of my fight, I never really ate anything. You know, I'd eat a little bit of breakfast just because I knew I had to eat something to have some fuel for the fight. If I ate too much, I'd throw up. Wow. I had like, butterflies all day. You know, I could. Don't get me wrong. I'm a coach now, so I'm around a lot of fighters in the same situations that I was, and some of them were just so relaxed and cool. I'm like you bastards. <laughs> oh, no, I was never like that. How are you so cool? Yeah, well, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, some people are so people fight. Like, say, people are fight. Approach fighting in so many different ways, you know, and everyone finds their own sort of path and their way to deal with that. But one thing I used to, I say to all my fighters, the other guy you're fighting is in the same boat as you, 100%. Yeah. You know, so, you know, that's all you know, He's worrying about you as much as you're worrying about him. You, you you touched on something a, a, a moment ago, Brad, where you said you had good, like, you know, strong sort of mental strength. Is that something that you can train or is that something that comes with experience or is that just something that's inbuilt? All three. You can train yourself to be a bit better at it by being around people who have strong mind, who give you little tips, then good words of wisdom in your head. And like, you know, uh, being a coach now, I, I have to try and uh, fortify my fighters' mental state because I know fighting is mental, so mental. You know, like even competing at the highest level in football or anything is it, mental. Everyone has a certain level of ability, but it's who's going to perform on those days and how can I, how, I mean, now as a coach, is how can I get the best uh, that individual on this given day? You know what sort of? I, I think sometimes you got you got to be be a bit of a sports a psychologist or a, a bit of like a, have a lot of emotional intelligence to realize how that guy is. And, you know, does he need a come on, mate? Or does he need a? What are you doing? Let's go. Let's go. You you need to understand which fighters will will you know will, which ones you're going to get the best out of that individual. You know, and uh, and being around them. Uh, a lot you get to realize what sort of makeup these guys are. Some are really cool and calm and collected. Some people are too cool when you need to give them that slap. Like, whoa, come on, mate, you're in a fight. You know, and some of them are just so like so nervous and you gotta try and 
reassure them, mate, you're good. And I used to do that myself before fights. Sometimes I used to watch my old highlight rules and I'd be like, oh, I'm good at this shit. I'm like, okay. <laughs> You know, like, yeah, you know, like, well, yeah, cool, yeah, I'm good, I'm excited, let's go, kind of thing. So, that, things like that, you have to try and remind yourself. If you don't have someone there reminding you what you're capable of, so then you have to remind yourself. And that's why I used to watch, like, highlight rules on me. I'm like, man, I'm good. You know, like, man, look at this. Man, I beat the shit out of that guy. I'm imagine good at this. So like, I have to try and reinsure myself. It, from the outside looking in, the kind of mental fortitude you're talking about, it seems like one of the biggest tests of that appears to be the weight cut for a lot of fighters. It seems to be that the the, the weight cut seems to be almost like half of the fight itself to some people. Did you ever expect, like, how, how were your weight cuts? Did you ever find it particularly difficult? I fought at four different weight classes. So I fought at lightweight, featherweight, bantamweight, and flyweight. So I fought, uh, 70, I fought 77, uh, 70 kilos down to 57 kilos. So I've had no weight cuts and I've had weight cuts. Um, for me, I also say weight cutting sometimes to me was a fight before the fight. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm so fixated on like my calories and training and you did this. I'm not even thinking about the fight. You know? uh, and then I weigh in then my oh yeah, shit, I'm fighting tomorrow, you know, kind of thing. So like, <laughs> so like, it's sometimes like that, but the, 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 I mean, sometimes that's a good distraction. You know, yeah. I was a little bit, of, I'm a, I was a little bit of a warrior, you know, so I'd worry, I'd, I'd worry about my weight. Oh, my weight, boy. And then if it wasn't my weight, I'd be worrying about something else. Oh, I got a little niggling injury. Oh, I, 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 I was a little bit of a warrior. So if it, if it wasn't worrying about my weight, I'd be worried about something else. So it was just always good to worry about my weight. You know, that's what I've done that. So, uh, um, yeah, it all depends on how, how some people, yeah, again, being around. So I, I've had some people not cut much weight whatsoever and are crumbling, are absolutely, like, mentally broke, bro- break, you know, oh, I can't do anymore, I'm dying, I'm dying. And I've had some people just like, and you're right. And just get like a complete soldier. So yeah, again, as a coach now, I have to see like, okay, all right, this guy struggles a bit more. Let's make sure he's weights down a lot, way down before the fight uh, comes to the fight. So it's not going to be as tough. And then some people are like, oh, this guy's good. Uh, you know, he's a, you know, I don't, I don't need to be on him as much. So yeah, again, this being around the people a lot and understand. What's the best for them? You know, what what's the best approach? Well, one of the other things that I sort of wanted to sort of touch on as well, when, and I guess you know you've you've got the battle of the the weight cut, the battle of the training, and then you know holding your head together where you need it to be to to, to get in there, and then aside from all of that, you've also that you know it's it's a job, so there's a financial yeah. part of this as well, and like. You know, as, as, uh, I'm certainly not asking you to tell us like what you got paid or anything like that. But you know, y- you see with Conor McGregor these huge numbers being thrown around, and the same in boxing. And you know, as people are sort of and, and new fighters are coming through, like, do, do you agree with the kind of infrastructure of like, you know, winners bonuses and things like that? You know, or do you think it should be a, a, a flat fee? Like, what are your thoughts on, on, is, on the sort of financial is, infrastructure? Actually, quite interesting question, Buzz. 
when I first started, to be honest, when this sport, it wasn't even a career path for anybody. You know, it wasn't. <laughs> I was like nothing, getting paid a couple hundred quid. I just did it because I, like I say, I enjoyed the respect that this sport gave. But uh, obviously now it, it is a legitimate career path for a young, inspiring athlete to go and earn money. And for me, I, I earned good money to the latter half of my career. You know, so I didn't. I wasn't earning great money to start. I earned good money throughout my career because I hit a lot of bonuses. A lot of my fights were exciting. I hit a lot of bonuses. So the bonuses, you know, I think I had more money in bonuses than I did actually in fight purses wow. because uh, I hit like ten bonuses or something. So, um, but towards the end of my career, money was a thing. Started a family, thinking about. Mm. Part of me, that's why I think I lingered on a little bit longer than I wanted to because I've got done this well to get here. Now I'm earning this sort of money. I want to, be, I want to, I want to keep this going. You know, like yeah. I could earn in one night that what people earn in a year. So, and this at the end of the day, this is all you kind of know. So, like getting ready for a fight is not that hard. You know, I've done it so many times now. But now I've got to start thinking about walking away from the sports. So that was hard because financially you earn that sort of money. And I'm thinking, well, what am I going to do now again in my life to earn that sort of money? So and now I've got to try and – I have a son. I have a daughter now. But I have a, at that time I had a son. I'm like, I've got to try and have some – is you know, something in a nest egg for him kind of thing. So that's why in my eyes I probably stayed on a little bit longer. And one thing what I didn't like about me – I started to think about the money where in, when I was fighting, I didn't even care about money whatsoever. Well, I remember one of my fights, I had a fight uh, in my UFC debut. Uh, I, uh, I don't mind telling you about numbers. I think I was on like 10 and 10 about then, or maybe less, eight and eight. 8,000 to show, 8,000 to win. as my UFC debut years ago. And this is after uh, you'd already done well in the WEC and yeah, uh, and yeah. you were, I think, cage rage champion as well. So you've you've yeah. just just to give people some context, for, give people perspective. When I was a cage, I get paid like five hundred to thousand pounds when I was the cage rage champion. So you, right. that's anyway. amazing. You're cage rage champion. Then you go to a massive company like the WEC. You're fighting people like Demetrius Johnson and stuff like that. And then you're in the UFC, and you're still only on about eight and eight. I was on eight and eight, but also you got to think that's back in the day. Yeah, that's back, that's back in the day. And I, I, my WC contract, people don't realize the WC was the UFC, but for the small weight classes. Mm-hmm. So my my WC contract just transferred over. If that right. makes sense. So my first fight in the UFC, I fought Henan Burrell. I was on eight and eight. Uh, the fight lasted four and a half minutes of the first round. I lost the fight, so I got my initial eight thousand. But I got fired at night because it was a mental first round and I got 70,000 uh, 70, pounds. Wow. So I had 78,000 pounds. That was my highest earnings to date. You know, 100%. I would have gone straight away and go, guys, take that money back. Give me my win. Yeah. All I, that's all I cared about. All I cared about is about trying to be number one in the sport. And for me, that took a getting beat by Henan Burrell, that took a tile shot away from me you know I went down again I went well I want to go up the ladder you put me back down and I didn't care about money boom to keep all that money just give me that win so like I was never money oriented but I say towards the end of my career I started thinking about money a bit more because of having kids and so on and so forth so 
when you're getting paid half and half, you know, I'd be like, it's a lot of pressure on winning now, mm. you know? So say you're on like even, for, say you're on 50 and 50, 50 grand is a lot of money, another 50 grand is a lot of money. So you might, I just got about until my last fight. That was in the back of my head, 100%. Yeah. I'm winning the fight. I'm one round, rounds one and two. I'm in the third round. I'm like, oh, I should be a little bit cautious here, you know, but I'm winning the fight. Because I'm thinking about the win bonus. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of money and it's my last fight, you know? So, like, I'm thinking about that and maybe I shouldn't. I'd rather the UFC go, you know what? Instead of 50 and 50, you're on a flat semi, no matter what. I'll be like, I'll take that. Well, I don't want 50 and 50. People may see that as a negative, like you should go to the fight. But no, but when you start thinking about the money, it's hard to, uh, what I say, like uh, the balance your life out. You know, I like to know what's coming in, not what could come in. Yeah. What's coming in to plan stuff, you know, yeah. but what, what you were doing, what investment you're doing there, what you did. It's like, that's why I preferred. And it would help me, not everyone, but it would help me mentally prepared for a fight because I didn't have to worry and, it, and people say oh you fight a lot harder to win your fight, win bonus I'm, no you wouldn't you're in the UFC you want to win every fucking fight you have anyway no otherwise what are you doing go somewhere else no like for me giving the extra money ain't going to make you fight I never wanted to lose I'd rather go out on my shield so like it wasn't never about money, but I never wanted to lose the general. So, so it wasn't money that would, would have spurred me on to, to win. So, yeah, and that aspect with the money, I wish they gave you just a flat fee. And so, you you said that that become like a, a more sort of prominent thought when you when you had a family, Brad. Um, one of the other things, uh, you know, when 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 your son was born, um, you know, was was your health then something you was also considering a lot more hundred percent yeah like i had quite uh, uh i had a lot of fights i had 40 fights um and i just know myself i was like i say i was a very tough durable fighter who did not give a shit well get in your face and throw bombs get hit hit back and didn't mind and towards the end of my career i mean i remember when i first after going down to fly away and then going back up to Bantamweight, and my first fight back was against a guy called um, Thomas Almeida. And the first, and this is well, probably when I was probably about 37 or something like, so was it toward, I was getting, I was a lot older. Uh, and uh, I uh, got dropped in that fight with a jump into the knee, a fight yet again, I was winning, looking really good. It sounds like, it sounds like a bit of a pattern here. Uh, I, dropped, I dropped him <laughs> twice. I dropped him twice in the first round. If anyone watched that fight, it was a crazy fight. So I dropped him twice in the first round, and he, in, the, in the second round, he then jumped into the knee, and he, and, and he dropped me, and he knocked me out. For me, that's the first time I ever got knocked out. Even to this day, it looks terrible when you watch it, but even to this day, I I'm, like, watching it, yeah. I'm like, if he would have jumped on top of me and carried on punching me, I probably would have survived. And like, you know, kind of just the type of person I was, I probably held on to him as well. Because he done the old walk-off, you know, he didn't give me a chance to fight. But 100%, I'm no, not complaining one bit whatsoever because I looked like I died and came back to life, you know. <laughs> as, I, as I hit the floor, it looked terrible. But I think since me mentally as well, since me that loss, I'm like, I'm not invincible anymore, you know. 
I'm wow. And, and like, that's a massive dent to my armor gone where I used to rely a lot of my toughness going forward, just throwing bombs and I didn't care. That took a massive chunk out of my armor. You know? And every fight since that day, every fight, I got wobbled at some point. I don't know if it's because I was thinking about it or I'm a little bit more tentative because now I'm going into fight thinking, well, I've got to be a bit careful here. So it changed my mindset to be at. And that's when I started not to enjoy fighting. And that's why I wanted to step away. How how does that then, you transfer that kind of experience into your coaching? Because you've, uh, there's been talk a lot recently, like Max Holloway has been the kind of poster boy for it of no sparring in training. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming because of the era that you were doing your stuff that you were probably sparring quite heavy in uh, a lot of training camps and obviously with your health that's going to have a massive effect as well so Mm -hmm. do you kind of subscribe to this new idea of of no sparring or minimal sparring or do you think you have to spar? To be honest no 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 reason I say this someone like Max Holloway and also Robbie Lawler used to do it as well how how much have they done? yeah (laughs) yeah how much have they done? So now there's these new young amateur fighters going, why well, ain't sparring? I'm like, what are you on about? Well, you know, I've got, I've got to take it. No, 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 no. Get a spar. You know, because that is the most realistic thing you could ever do to have a fight. It's like being a race car driver and just doing simulations all the time. Yeah. No, you know, you've got to get in the car, get on the track and do it. you got to do it. And the closest thing to fighting is sparring. So not saying you have to go crazy and kill each other all the time. No, I'm not saying that. But you still need to have go live and also get sparring against other people you don't know because you get the little heart flutters and stuff like that. You need to have control, but good hard sparring. You know, I, I, I'm a firm believer of that. And then you get to the stage when, let's say me, if I chose to now to have a fight, I'd probably get away with no sparring, you know, a little bit, yeah. you know, because I've been around there long enough, you know, but then also sometimes sparring, you've got to have that, uh, what I'd say is get the timing down and how someone's moving and, and so on and so forth, it's, you know, you know, like, and also get a bit of confidence, you know, I sparred all the way to my last fight as well, just because I need to get a little bit of confidence, hitting someone, taking someone down, you know, and, and a lot of my spine towards the end of my career, I spine with just small gloves anyway. I didn't use big gloves spine, you know. Now I just wear headgear and my gloves. And it's, let's like say, it's most realistic to buy. You look at all these, you know, everyone goes on about all these, all, all these Russians and Sambo people over there. Every, every day's a fight for them, you know. So, yeah. And they're the best fighters in the world. Because I commentate now for a show called ACA. So I see, like, the athletes. And that, that's where the region is set. We do get athletes from all over the world. Don't get me wrong. But it's, because it's a Russian promotion, that's predominantly where the fighters come from. Man, they're fucking beasts. Beasts. And you, if you told one of them, one of them so, mate, no, you, you're not going to spar. It'll look at you just think, what are you on about? You're mental. You know, like, so for me, spines a very important Yeah. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more that's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So tell us a little bit more about that then, Brad, the, the, the commentary and, and, and the, and the, the organisation that you're working for. Yeah, I'm working for a, a show called ACA. Um, it used to be formerly known as ACB. Uh, but it's really good shows. And that's what people don't realise, that they look at the sport and go, UFC. Yeah. It's like, you're in this country, you think of football, you think of Premier League. No, there's other leagues out there. There's like uh, Serie A, there's La Liga, there's Bundesliga, there's good leagues out there with great football teams, if that makes sense. So this is what I do with other organisations. You, you have like one championship, which is in Asia, in Japan, and stuff like that, which is phenomenal fighters over there. Then you have like the, the, the other side of the world, like America. So you have the UFC over there, UFC and Bellator. And then you have, uh, 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 for me, in, um, in Russia, around that area, the best show is um, ACA. It is the UFC. So, obviously, I've been around a lot of fights. Uh, I've seen a lot of fighters. I think I know what I'm looking at. And I see some of the best fighters I ever see in the world fighting in ACA. And I'm like, these guys are absolute animals. And there'll be a lot of people in the UFC. But, because it's not, people don't know about it. It's, you know, there's no, 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 no people are watching them. But there are some amazing fighters over there. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, some, some of them do try and try because they want to have a bit more like uh, money uh, uh, and I guess a bit more fame. Some of them do move to uh, to uh, um, to um, uh, the UFC. Like you have like looks of in the last card. There's uh, Askew Askarov who fought yes. during his Benavides. He came, he came from ACA. He as well. looks brilliant. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not. I, I remember he, he was one of the first, this was back in ACB, he was one of the first first fight show, shows I was commentating on. And uh, before the fight, I was in, you know, before the day before, like I was in you know, a few fights, trying to get a bit of background back. And this time he was 4-0, right? And I'm just, had a translator with me, but just trying to get a bit of a background. And I'm straight away, I looked at him and I'm like, mate, you're not 4-0. Just look at you, look at you. You look like, You've been in nine billion fights, <laughs> and I, he was four and zero. I couldn't believe it. But then you realise he has a, a sambo background. Yeah, he's a mobile sambo world champion. So like, okay, what is sambo? It's very similar to MMA, but you just not you don't have a record for it like that. So yeah, so a lot of these people, you know, when they have like not so big a records, like Peter Yan, he fought in a, a, a ACA as well. So, like, uh, they all came over, you know, and uh, it's, I say, it's some great Russian fires. 
I mean, you've just said Peter Yan, so, uh, you know, it's impossible not to mention what happened at the weekend. What was your thoughts on, on, on that knee? It's an illegal knee. Unfortunately, how that happened. Um, this is a very interesting topic as well, because, like, for me, it's like, could Evangelman Sterling continue? Yes, he could, 100%. Was he milking it a little bit? Yes, he was, 100%. But why wouldn't you? Why would you? What? Because it was a legal knee. No matter how injured you are from that knee, even psychologically, you're going to be. It was a legal knee, so you might to, to continue fighting. You might not be able to forget. Oh, that guy just done a legal move to me. You know, you get mentally throw you off your game completely. So obviously, Aljamain not would not want to win the belt in that way whatsoever, right? But you got to think now. He's going to be on pay-per-view money now in his next fight. There's a lot of implications yeah. behind being a champion, you know. So it's not the way he wants to win a belt, but because he's done it that way, you're going to get a re- there's going to be a rematch, hundred uh, percent, and he would get more money in, on that rematch as if it, as if it, if it wasn't. But if he continued, if he continued to fight and got beat anyway, that's the title shot gone, you know. So now he's kind of hung on to it in some way. So I, I, and I also why I don't like it. It shouldn't be his decision, you know. He was compromised. It was her. Take that away from him. It should be doctors and all night that not doctors. His corner. He, uh, if that would have been me, if that was like one of my fighters, like Nathaniel in there, and that happened, I bet. Whoa, chill. No, no, you're not fine. No, that was like the blatant illegal knee that has compromised you in more ways than one. You may not be physically hurt, but you what you, you could be rocked. However, you maybe could continue, but. Um, you know that's jeopardizing you mentally now like it's going to make throw you off your game so as a corner man I'll take the brunt I'm pulling you out of the fight don't be the fire because you know it could be the fire yeah again if you're honest with me as well fighting is fighting that shouldn't have been an illegal move why it's a knee a knee to the head okay he's down What's the difference between me soccer kicking you in the head when you're standing up? You know, like, defend yourself at all times. A fight's a fight. If those two are fighting out of the last pig on earth, Pete Yan would be in a ham sandwich. You know, like, so, so, like, for me, fighting is fighting, you know? So, I, that's why I don't like, obviously, don't bite, don't eye gouge, don't do... Uh, like what's a dirty sort of fighting but fighting is fighting if I am on the floor and you soccer kick me in the head because I'm on my all fours and I somehow won the fuck you disqualified I'd be like embarrassed you in my eyes like, you just killed me you know like let's say if we're fighting over land back in the day you took it you, you've pillaged my village you know like you, you've done it you beat me you know so like that's why I don't like all the rules I get it sometimes but I think it's, it's, I, don't think, I reckon should we go back to the pride days where you can do what you want. Mm. We Obviously, we just touched on Aljamain Sterling and stuff. And uh, after uh, the whole disqualification knee incident, he got a lot of hate on social media uh, for, for, in their eyes, acting or milking it or anything like that. Social media is such a kind of toxic place, particularly Twitter. Do, do, 
Do you, again, are you as a coach now, because I don't know how much you had to deal with it in your fighting days, because I suppose it, it, social media became a big thing during your career, but now fighters are entering it at the earliest stages and they're on social media trying to big up their own following and get more money or sponsorships and things like that. Is Have you ever had to help a, a fighter or do you have any advice for young fighters or anything that are dealing with that kind of hate on social media? Because I have to say, as much as the MMA community can be a great place, it also can feel quite hate-filled as well. And it must be very difficult for young fighters to mentally get through those moments where they're getting it, barrage of abuse. It is. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a toxic environment because now there's so much mental health issues. And I think it's down to social media because mm. people see so many people fake it until you make it. So there's so much fake social media. So, like even with the, like, so much, you know, WhatsApp, even with this corona thing, you get sent so much bullshit as well you know, there's so much stuff going out there just like what believe is true and what's not true so social media is such a toxic place for me yeah i have social media for certain reasons but i just post things with me and my family and people who are interested luckily for me again i think it's the sometimes the way you um the way you have you handle yourself i didn't get a lot of hate throughout my career really to be honest because, like I said, I was very humble. I wasn't very flash and brash, so I didn't really get much backlash. I, if I did get some, I, I couldn't handle it. You know, I was one of those people. Like, it was entitled to the opinion, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So, like, but say yourself, say I was fighting someone, and you went, "I think Brad Pickett's gonna get knocked out." Fine, that's a total opinion to yourself. Cool, you can have that. But if you at me in this comment. You're making it personal because you want me to see that yeah. I think you're going to get arguing on top. So, like, don't do that. You know, don't do that. Don't act. Is it like back in the day, if you wanted to message David Beckham, how would you do that? No one knows. How would you do that? But nowadays, because it's so easy to get at fighters. You know, some people at the fighters they would just ignore. It's, I mean, you'll, you'll think, I talk to a lot of my fans, right? Uh, I'm very good like that. But it, if I got so much shit, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, I'd be like, oh, fuck off. Yeah. You know, like, you know, so, so people have this amazing tool, which you couldn't, didn't have back in the day to be able to chat to people you inspire to. And there's people out there who really abuse it, abuse it, you know? And, and, and now I know many people, I look at people and have on the Instagram and have on their um, like messages, you know, like 99 plus, unanswered messages from like new accounts and but like, thank you look at them no 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 because half of that would be like you're gonna get knocked out you're scum yeah. you're this you're what I mean, I, I mean why this is nothing I'm, I'm a bit old school i guess but i go back to my what mum used to say if you have nothing nice to say don't say yeah that's how i am if you're having a fight I would get knocked out. You're absolutely yeah, right. I would definitely, better, yeah. 100%, <laughs> I would get knocked out very quickly. But, but like, I'll keep it to myself. I'm not going to tell you that I think you're going to get knocked out. What dick move that is. Yeah. Then the one gets, I'm in time, I think so and so is going to win this fight. Cool. But yeah, again, I won't add people into it, you know, like, and also I won't make it personal, right? you know, like, oh, look, your face, you've got a scar. Well, you know, like you'll see how women now are nowadays, they have all these Instagram accounts, what people think they need to look like, you know, like it's yeah. just, 
It's just so bad. I mean, it is so, I, it's a scary place for my son and my daughter to be in sometimes with all how social media, how fake it is as well. It's so fake. There's nothing more that I hate than he's fake, you know? If you like me, great. Like me and be nice. Don't like fakeness. Uh, and this is another thing I always do about judging someone's character. I like to think I'm a good judge of someone's character. I don't judge how someone treats me because obviously you're going to be nice to me. Because why is that? Who Everyone's going to be nice to Dana White because it's Dana White, of course. Everyone's going to be nice, you know, but how do you treat the waitress? Yes. When we're out for a meal. So like, if we're having a meal, you're really nice to me, but some waitress spills some water and you go, oh, what the fuck are you doing? You're sitting, oh, you know, you're wet. Then I'm like, mm, okay, you're one of them. You know, so I, get, I, I, I gauge people how to treat other people, you know, as well. I kind of go on weird tangents. No, I like it. I know. I think you're absolutely <laughs> social media. I could talk for days about the, the yeah. problems with social media. And I've, I've got two young children. I'm very scared for them kind of growing up and the bullying they can deal. I might have to deal with and so all that stuff is awful. Yeah, yeah. It's really bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, just to start to sort of wrap things up a little bit, Brad, just um, obviously you mentioned coaching a lot. Um, what's coming up? What's new? I mean, you you know, you've in the stable, you've got one yeah. of the, the most exciting fighters on the planet. Yeah, well, at the moment, I have my, my, my fight team, which is uh, GB Top Team, Great British Top Team. Is that uh, affiliated with American Top Team? It is, yeah, because I spent most of my training career at American Top Team, so it's affiliated with them. Um, at the moment, I'm, I'm renting someone else's gym in the mornings just for my pro sparring training, uh, pro training. Uh, but I'm in the process... Uh, I run go to the other, little quick little glance at. Uh, yeah. I have a, like a, <laughs> I have a, a facility that I'm so close to finalising that we just design it all out, which is going to be like eleven thousand square foot. It's going to be a state of the art facility for for uh, GB Top Team to open. And me and my business partner uh, Martin Barrett uh, are so close to getting it all done and finished out. And I'm one of those people who don't get too excited about things until it actually happens and to get the keys. But we're very very close. I've been going saying on about this thing for before since I've been retired. I've been trying to open my own gym. Uh, it's been taking me a long long time, um, but I'm happy. I'm getting so much closer. Oh, well, that, congratulations, man. That's that's brilliant to hear. Thanks. Well done, mate. No, don't, yeah, again, don't jinx don't, it. Yeah, no, don't, don't jinx it. Yeah. We'll edit yeah, this yeah. bit out. We'll cut it out. It's yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, like, I don't want to be jinxed. We're so close, but yeah. it's still, like, you know, I, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want it to F up in any way. Well, fingers and toes crossed. Mm. Yes. Who should we be watching out for, Brad? Well, obviously, you know, one of the, the main people for, for, for my uh, gym is... Um, Nathaniel Wood, he's already in the UFC, but people should know about him anyway. Yep. If you don't, go check him out. Um, but yeah, I've got some really good people signing on Cage Warriors. We've got Wesley Meyer, we've got Emre Simones, which are two really good fighters in Cage Warriors. I have people, I have old, I mean, I guess, I mean like, we've got so many good guys. We've got some real youngsters, like a, a, a young, if you want to know someone really young, who's good is a guy called Lonnie Kavanagh uh, and Nick Bagley, the two young and small, small, uh, small guys, uh, both unbeaten uh, early pros. I have people like Micah Kandeo, who's been, I mean, I have a massive list. Massive, I mean, let's see. I call our team like Team Alpha Midget. No, because <laughs> my team's a lot of small guys, but it's like absolute studs. A lot of good guys, imagine. Brilliant. Brilliant. 
Brad, it's been an absolute joy catching up with you, mate. Thank you. Thanks so much for your time Very today, mate. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Lovely to chat to you. And where's the best place to kind of keep up to speed with Brad Pickett and everything that's going on in your world? I guess it, uh, on social media, the one that I really on much, well, I say I don't go on it too much now because like, like I said, but it'd be my um, uh, uh, Twitter, uh, not Twitter, my, I do have a Twitter account and also have a, have a uh, Instagram account which is one O-N-E underscore punch. Uh, and also there's GB Top Team on there as well. So if you want to follow me on there, you can see uh, my 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 training, uh, not my training, my coaching and, and my family life and that sort of stuff. There's a great video you put on your story, actually. Not that I've been Instagram stalking you or anything, but uh, <laughs> of you, you teaching your your daughter to run away from the boys, which was a yes. really funny, brilliant early. video. I loved that. Teach them early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, loads, yeah. Brad. Cheers, no mate. Thanks, Absolute pleasure. Cheers. Thank you. There you have it. Wonderful chat with the one punch, Mr. Brad Pickett. Uh, what an absolutely ace fella he was. Um, Great. Loved, uh, Brad, honestly, Blake, I loved that bit where he said, it's not the person in front of me. I fight, I fight for the people behind me. I thought it was really nice and a, a real insight into, yeah, what a, a wonderful character. Um, yeah, that, that, really, that Brad, really Brad nice is. guy. And uh, and also, just after we stopped recording, uh, Brad showed us his real extensive Lego collection. Uh, and you could see in Stu's eyes how desperate he was to do uh, how much Lego do you stuff up your bum joke. Uh, but he, he bottled it. He didn't do it. I'm quite glad. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was ridiculous. How He had like... All sorts of Star Wars Lego. He had like Stranger Things, Ghostbusters. Like, and didn't he say he always buys two? So that he yeah. has like one that he can play with effectively and one that he uh, he keeps up in the loft that he'll sell later down the line. Yeah. I mean, for anybody that wonders where the One Punch's uh, bonus paychecks went, Lego. <laughs> All went at Legoland. <laughs> All went on Lego. Uh, but what a great guy. Absolutely fantastic chatting with him. What's coming up now, Blake? What's coming up now? Well, we've got our next instalment of Fight or Flight. And this week, our guest is Laura Checkley, who's a very funny and talented actress that can be seen in The Detectorists, Action Team, Military Wives, and most recently, the BB hit hit comedy uh, King Gary. Uh, She also played the sister of a dashing young actor called Blake Harrison in an ITV comedy drama, Edge of Heaven, which... uh, did not get a second series and did not get very good viewing figures. So uh, we won't dwell on that for too long. Let's move on. But uh, we, uh, we, got, uh, we got Laura to watch the 2020 Fight of the Year winner, Zhang Wei Lee versus Joanna Jacek from oh. UFC 248. It is an absolute cracking fight. Um, and here's our chat. Laura Checkley on Fight or Flight. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen... Prepare yourselves for Fight of Light! Hello, Laura. How's it going? Hello, guys. Hello. Nice to see you. Lovely to see see you. you. So, um, yeah, I think we should just get straight into this. What, um, what, what, What did you think mixed martial arts was before watching the fight we've given you? Um, so I only ever really think about it as like a cage fight. 
that's what springs to mind. Cage fight, savage. Yeah. yeah. So when you asked me to have a have a look and watch this this amazing fight, actually, um, I was a bit like, I'm not going to get through it because in my head I was like, everything's allowed, biting, scratching, and <laughs> I don't know whether at some point as a youngster I watched a cage fight that was highly illegal or something because that's what I had in my head, like cage fighting, and it's way more technical than I thought it would be, actually. I thought it would be a lot more rolling about. I mean, listen, this is one of the only fights I've ever watched, so I'm sure some of them might be a bit more sort of um, lots of rolling around and on the floor kind of stuff. But, yeah, it's um, uh, that's what I thought. Savage, am I going to get through it? Is it going to be too violent? And listen, I've grown up around a lot of Barneys and um, punch-ups in my time, um, so I'm not a wuss, but I don't, I'm not a big fan of the the that sort of fight and punching the head to me is just not cool. Like, is that yep. person going to be okay in 20 years? That's what I keep thinking. Do you know what well, I mean? That, that is a big thing about mixed martial arts. It is quite a young sport. It's only really in, in the current guys been going, especially with the UFC banner, maybe about 25 years, something like that. So all of the kind of long-term effects are still relatively unknown. Um, there, obviously, boxing has been around for feels like forever, and yeah. and there are clearly um, connections between uh, issues with the brain later on in life and and, and stuff like that. Um, and even uh, with like footballers as well. Now that's all coming as yeah. the headering of the ball and stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, and that's what I just keep thinking. I mean, and particularly we will obviously get onto this fight. That obviously the one of the injuries that was happening throughout this fight that we're going to talk about it was just worrying me so much. Yeah. Honestly, sat behind my cushion. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you you mentioned football there, and and I know that you you play football to a, a really high level, didn't you, Laura? Yeah, for a bit. Yeah, yeah, in my teenage years. Yeah. And so, have you always been somebody that's kind of liked to sort of be a, a sort of team player and team sport? Yeah, I've always enjoyed it. Even uh, every sport at school, you know, like I was captain of the uh, netball team, rounders team, football. I was one of those annoying sort of kind of sports head girl kind of. I won like I won the sports tie like oh, like two or three years in a row. And it was like oh, everyone like clapping like oh, she got it again. Um, <laughs> the sports yeah, tie. Was, yeah, we used to win a sports tie at my school. So as you know, in like, like the tie you wear to school. No, you get a separate. It's a different colour. And you couldn't wear it around, but I didn't because you know it was a bit like oh, you didn't want to so, show off. Yeah, I just sort of hung it on my wall at home. But yeah, now I'm a big team player. I love it. Even like moving through to like acting, I like collaborative jobs. Yeah. And when I'm writing, I like to write with others. Like if I'm sit right, if I'm sat writing on my own, I find it really difficult. And I'm competitive. I'm hugely competitive, and I think that is definitely from the sports. Like if I if I'm playing snooker or or a bit of pool with a mate, I want to win. Like it's no fun playing games with me. I just want to win all the time. So yeah, definitely to the, the the team sport thing. Yeah. So the concept of being in a cage with somebody else on your own, not for you. No. That do you know that way where I was like looking at them, sort of how they sort of chop, you know, sort of a kick at each other's shins, and all you can hear is that slapping of the skin. And I just thought, I can't even, I've whacked my shin the other day. I walked into my ottoman at the bottom of my bed and I was like, ah, rolling about on the floor. <laughs> I had one shot to the shin, I'd be out of there. They're amazing. I, I couldn't, 
I can I, no. I, my my pain threshold is like really low. And actually, when I was playing football, when it got really like as I was going up in age and started to play with the women, I was a uh, yeah, I was a bit of a pansy. Like I I I was a bit sort of like a bit of a glory, score the goals, but I didn't want to get down dirty and do the tackling. <laughs> such a wuss. Such a wuss. <laughs> well, should we talk about the fight? Yeah, let's do it. They, yeah, they get right into it. There's no fit like we, we. There's no real feeling out period. There was a fight the other day uh, with Israel Adesanya and Jan Blahovic, where the first round felt like they were kind of feeling each other out. With yeah. this, they are straight in. They are well, yeah on it immediately. Because I was going to ask you guys, because obviously I'm you know a, a novice to this, and I, I I thought round one for me in terms of the violence level and what I was expecting, I thought oh that's okay. They felt like there was a little bit of dancing about, so I didn't know do they go straight in or is that first round always a sort of bit of dancing about, like you said, like feeling each other out. There's a tiny bit of that, wasn't there? And then it was like there was one punch landed, um, and and that was it. But yeah, it was lots of lots of kicking of the shins and. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's how they get their points. Because obviously, I watched a lot of boxing growing up, like through in the nineties and stuff. You know, like with Frank Bruno and all that yep. sort of era. Watched a lot of boxing. It's quite big in my house, so I know that there's a point system. Is that the same with this? That every time you strike, you you, you get the points. Yeah, I mean, like what they call like significant strikes, the highly impactful strikes are scored a bit higher. But but yeah, as long as long as you're you're connecting then you're 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 going to be getting points but it's it's all it's kind of like i think similar to the boxing system in terms of the way the scorecards look you have your 10 nines 10 eights and all that type of where you are it's called a 10 point must system so the winner of the round must get 10 and then uh-huh. the loser of the round if they only just lost it gets nine if they lost that round really badly should get eight it's something right. that something like that but but it's funny you bring up the uh the the kicks to the the lower legs like because what they call the calf kick now is becoming hugely popular in MMA because you used to kick just above the knee and it used to right. really damage the thigh and it used to do a lot of damage it was painful but people seem to be able to get through it a lot easier whereas now they're kicking the lower part of the calf and it seems like you only need three or four of those bad kicks to the calf and uh, that that's it you're you're really compromised you can't walk properly and put the weight on that leg enough. It happened to Conor McGregor recently against Dustin Poirier. There was a huge fight uh, earlier in the year and Conor ate, you know, a few leg kicks and then that that, that was it, game over yeah, for, for him, yeah. really. And the yes. thing with the, the, the shins that they strike them with, Laura, as well, like, I mean, that, that's a kind of, that comes from like um, the, the Thai boxing, the Muay Thai influence into the, 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 mix, the mixture of martial arts. And, and you'll find that them shin bones, like, this, they've, they've been damage so much and then the cartilage grows you know it comes back and it's thick and it's strong it's literally a, a lot of people look for the big headshots and and the yeah. flashy kicks but them low kicks is like being hit with a bat like oh on you know gosh. around around the thighs and it, you know for for a mere mortal like us like to to experience just one of those you'd be hobbling for days it's like well i um, was i mean in round one i was shouting leave her alone because <laughs> you you are as good on the kicks isn't she like they're yeah. just like because as she gets punched the leg comes in quickly and she was kind of savage with those first kicks sort of slapping um, uh, is it Wei Li? Yeah, yes. Wei Li. Yeah, it's Zhang Wei Li. Slapping her, her thighs and legs. And, and that, actually, when the first, uh, fight first started, I wasn't sure who was the champion. 
So I actually thought, because I'd sort of obviously come in blind a bit, I actually thought Whaley was the underdog, but then I realised she wasn't. She's actually the uh, the champion, right? Yes. Um, so Yuan, I thought, did really well at the beginning. One thing I wanted to ask you, those gloves, right, mm-hmm. they're padded in some way, yeah? They're four-ounce so gloves, yeah. Right. So I think, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, so you're like... Like boxing gloves, are they usually twelve or ten ounce? What are the the traditional? Normally, like they can go gloves? up to sort of sixteen, but yeah. generally at a, a, a pro level, they're normally fighting in sort of ten ounce gloves. Yeah, whereas these are four ounce gloves, so there's a lot less protection for your hand, but obviously it's going to feel a bit more impactful on your face. Yeah, my goodness, God, it's actually. Do you know what? And then that that first round happened. I thought, oh, it's all right. And I honestly thought, when you asked me to look at this, I'm not. I'm going to find it really hard because you know I hate. I, I just, I, you know, I just, and also girl fights as well at school. I don't know if you really yeah. witnessed to some, but I mean, this I was is a bit different to the girl school. fights you saw at secondary school, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> a little bit different. Um, yeah, just like um, uh, I, I, yeah, at the end of that first round, I thought, oh, okay, this is going to be all right, and then you see the slow mo, the catch up slow mo, and you see how much they catch each other because when it's happening in real time, you're thinking, oh, that's just a little slap, it's a little catch, and then it's like. I mean, just that slow mo is savage. It's like they're oh so quick. Like it's like they they would hit you about ten times before you've even realised what happened. Like yeah. they're so quick. Yeah, it'd take that one toe, you know, sort of toe punt in my shin. I'd be out of there. Like, yeah. let me out. <laughs> I, I was watching it. I, I watched it with my girlfriend actually, who's equally as squeamish, and she was just like, "Why can't they get out? Why are they caged in?" I was like, "Because they're so tight. That's, that's the whole point. So they can." tumble around and not fall out <laughs> oh god um, it's, it's great as well when uh, like because what i i love for me it's not just about the violence i love like a storyline and i get invested in these fighters as though they're like characters in something i, I really love that and you really got like a storyline within the fight after the first round where joanna did like a late i think maybe even zhang wei lee Hit her slightly late, but then Joanna came back, yes, and then, at the end then of all that the coaches, round, the all of, yeah, she did, and then all the coaches came in and were like pointing right at Joanna, like, "Oh, you dare do that to my fighter!" I <laughs> loved was, it. And Joanna was like, all like, "Oh, I didn't hear the bell." I was like, "You heard that bell? Yeah. You just pissed <laughs> off because she caught you a bit late." And now, yeah, that's exactly so, yeah. right. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I was wait, I was really invested by the end. I really wanted to know. I and I kept changing because obviously, you know, I don't have any alliance with any of them I was just like I just want to see a good fight but I actually for a while thought Ioana was going to do it she seemed controlled I don't know I thought that she was going to do it um and there was a point where she she sort of like need sort of need her in the boob do do, do you remember that bit and and actually like because he was going oh she took a a shot to the uh, a hit a knee to the body I was like it wasn't the body it was her boob that was her boob she needs. And it's just like, just sat there grabbing different parts of the body going, oh, <laughs> just mad. Um, yeah, no, but that round three was, for me, I thought where it really started kicking up, didn't it? Because round two, I felt Wei Lee was really good. She did well. And then round three felt like Ioana took control round there. Am I right in thinking Yeah, that? well, I, I had it. I can't remember exactly which rounds to, but I, I think at the end of the third round, I had uh, Zhang Weili 2-1 up. Um, but what I found really funny at the end of the second round, I don't know why he did this, but Zhang Weili's coach comes in 
and picks, picks up Jamoni and walks her like three steps over to the corner. And it's like, <laughs> why did why did you do that? Like she's fighting five minute rounds. It's like it really felt like a weird kind of like oh it, it wasn't this, but it felt like a weird kind of like physical interpretation of like mansplaining or something. It was like, yeah, I'll let you go out there and do five minutes of ferocious and intense fighting, but you won't be able to walk the three steps to the stool afterwards. So <laughs> I'll pick you up, you. my little one, and I'll take you back. It just seemed you, odd. Is that, have you, so you've clearly that's never happened before because I thought oh maybe that's a thing you know maybe just to save her legs <laughs> well <laughs> do you know bit. what I assume that is exactly what he was doing I'm assuming he was yeah, like I'm saving like your legs and I'm going to do it but it seemed a bit pointless well it I, was like he picked her up for three seconds didn't he yeah <laughs> yeah it seems really weird that that third round though I started then shouting defend yourself Whaley because I don't know I think I heard at one of the commentators say that she doesn't she doesn't keep her uh, defense up high enough, Whaley. And yeah. then she punched her in the nose, didn't she? And her nose was just pouring with blood. Also, can I also talk about the dried blood that was there from the fight before? I mean, yuck. I was just like, look at all the blood, the blood's everywhere. And then and then she whacks her in the head and she gets that great hematoma. Um, Joanna got that great massive thing on her head. I mean, that was stressing me out so much, that hematoma. That, um, well, I, I, that, it's, it's funny you mentioned like the blood on the canvas because that is Kerry's big thing. Kerry being my wife, uh, for people that don't know, she like if she walks in and sees bits of it, she will always comment on the blood on the floor, how disgusting it is, how unhygienic it is, and all this <laughs> stuff. Like that, she's like she kind of disregard the, the violence that she's seeing and just look at the floor and go, that's so grim. It's so why don't they clean it better and all this stuff? It's like you can't. What, what can you do? Um, but it's yeah, funny that was actually around that point when I was like, look at the blood on the floor. And that was definitely dried in. Yeah. Um, because I think I spotted it in round one, the blood. Um, and, and my girlfriend sort of said, like, you know, I mean, do these fights happen all night? Do people watch this all night? I was like, yeah, like, I think there's one fight after another, right? Like boxing, yeah. you'll have the. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, yeah, that's, um, uh, that, that, I thought round three was massive i just kept shouting stop it yeah <laughs> that well i think stop round it. three is where i think Zhang catches joanna's leg hits her in the head and that's what starts that hematoma. that hematoma and i've just made a note from when i was watching it and i've just put halfway through round four joanna is full klingon like she has gone full, <laughs> full, full Klingon by by the middle of round four. Full it's on ridiculous. Klingon, like unrecognisable. Unrecognisable. I felt with every blow, I thought it was going to explode. It felt oh, like my head was just explode. even that makes me really cringe. Me I know. Ugh. And then and then her nose went all crooked. Yeah. She then hit her in the nose, and the nose went, and I thought something's going to fall off here or explode. <laughs> it's yeah. Just oh. like, I've I mean, seen a fair few. Where where the the, the, the hematomas have come up like that? No, sorry, not like that. Have come up. That one was different level. It was it was like full on. Like it was yeah. like, literally. And I say this with a question: Elephant Man. Like yeah. it literally was so huge, and it was like just the weight of her head <laughs> must have just weighed so much oh. more. I know. And then at one point, her cheekbones really prevalent. Yeah, um, I just thought, my God, like that poor woman. And then that's when I was thinking, what sort of effect is that going to have on her in years to come? That that just can't be okay. 
that big old thing. I mean, you've seen a, an egg on someone's head, haven't you? Like, you yeah. know, a little kid wax their head. You see that come up. Like, you see, see it in a fight. But it was like the, her entire forehead. <gasps> yeah. Oh, dear. Do we know if she's all right now? <laughs> oh, she, well, she seems absolutely fine. That, that is the one thing I would say about, about mixed martial arts where I'm a huge fan of it. And but there is the one thing that that slightly does concern me from time to time is the long term effects, which we're still not massively certain on in 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 relation to boxing. I mean, I know there's statistics out there that I think uh, I had them earlier. I don't have them on me at the moment, but like I think in in the UFC, there's been no deaths whatsoever. Right. In MMA in general, I think since maybe 2000, there's maybe been six or seven. But in boxing, since the 2000s, there's been, well, it's weird because on one website I was looking at said there'd been over 100, but then I was looking at something else and I calculated about just over 20. And so if if you You were to... You don't hear about any of this though, do you? Not massively, no. Not unless it's happening on a big card or it's... um, like maybe if they're happening in England, you might we might hear about it more because we're over here. But but yeah, it is it is one of the things that that concerns me the most, and I really hope that there's enough research going into the long term effects. But because the sport's so young, it is difficult yeah. to to know that because um, I don't. Is it CTE that's like the concussion thing they're talking about? Because they talk about mm-hmm. it a lot with American football now because they're all crashing into each other with the helmets all the time, right. and the issue isn't. Um, like the the lacerations or the cuts or anything like that, or even maybe the hematomas. It's the fact that when you have these big impacts, your brain starts sloshing around inside your skull. That's that's what it is. So with these American footballers throwing each other into themselves and uh, and clashing helmets and stuff, that sounds a bit weird. They're not they're not you know clash clashing literal helmets that are on their head. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Uh, they, yeah, you know their brains are sloshing around in there. And that is what can cause a lot of the, the the damage that we see later on in life. And I think also that's what they're talking about with with British, you know, with football now, with people heading the ball and, and stuff mm. like that. Um, Unfortunately, it does feel like it needs high profile cases for it to get yes to become almost newsworthy for you know a, a, want of a better description. If you look at like you know throughout the the nineties with high-profile fighters like Nigel Benn and Gerald mm. McLennan and, um, uh, and Eubank and Michael Watson, you know, the, the, you know, the brain injuries that, that both Watson and McLennan got were, you know, were huge tabloid, you know, stories which brought the, you know, the sport of boxing to the forefront and the dangers that can come with combat sports. And, you know, thankfully we've not seen sort of hardly any of that, you know, certainly not in the, in the UFC seems that there's, you know, there's a big infrastructure of aftercare and, 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 you know, and, medicinal treatments there to ensure you know but but like anything there's it's it's, you mentioned american football but even sort of sports like rugby and horse riding they they, they all have like huge you know risks all come with a risk yeah yeah Mm. and listen you know I, i guess they're not stupid going into the sport they know they're getting knocked about and that's the 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 choice i suppose you make for the love of it you know yeah can't help what sport you you love and 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 what you're good at um yep. i've got to say though like 
having watched that and I, I realised because obviously the commentators are going on and on about this being one of the, the best fights ever in the female um, uh, league championship what do we call it well well, it, it, I suppose in, like in female MMA but I but I would say and I think a lot of people would say it's not just female MMA that is one of the best UFC title fights regardless ever. of gender mm. it's fantastic yeah. Yeah, I actually, I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. And I was really invested. And I actually thought, oh, maybe I would watch, watch more of this. Because I think it's um, I, I just way more highly skilled than I thought it would be. I thought it'd just be more savage and, you know, a little more free-for-all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I, that's one of the things, Laura. I think, like, when... You're, the first thing you said was cage. And, like, and so then people think cage fighting, people think... Posters in like windows by gyms of loads of local doormen with like scarves <laughs> over their faces, tearing lumps off of each other at the local cage fighting thing. Yeah. And when you get into the kind of the, the higher levels of it, like the UFC and, and, and some of the other organizations, it is high level, the highest level athletes that are completely well skilled in a, a, a multitude of different, you know, uh, martial arts. So I do yeah. think it is once you get past that initial thing of the word cage and things like that because it yeah. does you know just does put so many different kind of ideas in your head that aren't necessarily as you found out like what what the i mean that said it was two people absolutely tearing strips <laughs> of each other yeah but i but i even and as a novice of someone who doesn't like any of that really i was i was invested and i i, I kept changing who i wanted to win the whole time um and uh i i enjoyed it and i was like wow okay and i started to sort of towards sort of round three started to go oh, I see the technique here of um Ioana with that sort of with her kick you know she's like those long legs uh, you know she'd get punched but then would leave with a kick and and then just the pure strength of Whaley like just so fierce and fast so fast yeah. Whaley like Ioana didn't stand a chance and she and then when that hematoma happened you could just see her going great guns for that head yeah I think at one point I heard uh, Ioana's coach say, I think I, it was her coach say, oh, let her go, like let her keep missing for two minutes. She goes at it for two minutes and she tires, tire out, tire yeah. out. It's so interesting hearing those little things because then you're, you're looking for that, aren't you? And and, yeah. and you're watching that. Yeah, go on, tire her out, do what you said. <laughs> so, yeah, I started to get really invested, but that hematome was stressing me out big time. Oh, I, I mean, having watched it twice now because uh, I rewatched it for this, you still kind of like your heart's in your mouth when uh, when that that you she's hitting the hematoma and it's getting really big around kind of mi- from middle of round four onwards every mm-hmm. strike towards Joanna's head you are you're slipping for her you're kind of like oh god oh no I know um, I know but one of, one of the things that is one of my favourite things about MMA seems to be all the kind of the love and the respect between the fighters that, that completely contradicts all of the. Um, the, the the violence that you're seeing is contradicted by this amazing amount of respect. And at the start of round five, Joanna's got that massive hematoma. Wang Lee's ba- Lee's banged up as well, and they come out and they hug at the start of the round. They give each yeah. other a hug, and then they go right now. Let's kick lumps out of each other again. And I I'm I love it so much that this well, weird it shows thing. that it's controlled and that it's skilled, yes. isn't it? That it's not just this animal instinct. Let's have a bar, you know. Let's have a punch up in in this cage. And that's what I noticed at the end and the beginning of every round. They do a little a little uh, fist pump, don't they? And I just yep. and, and and even actually after she did that slide dig at the end of round two or whenever it was, um, they still managed to keep that sportsmanship. And I I yep. thought oh, okay, I've really respected that. 
I've, I've noticed that too. I thought it was great. Wonderful. So, I mean, so can we take from this that you are more fight than flight now? You're on board. Do you know what? I I am really, I've got mates that love it, uh, that, that watch uh, MME all the time. Tom Davis loves it, who I do King Gary with. He, he, he's really invested in all of it. And I can hear people talking really passionately about it, mostly guys on set and whatever. And I'm like, I'd quite like to, because I did used to love watching the box. I love sport. I love all sport. Um, I, I, I probably won't sit down and watch cricket, but I'll watch most other things. Um, I grew up watching sport. My brother was big on sports, my dad. So, um, I yeah, I've got a newfound respect for it. And I actually really enjoyed that fight. And I thought it was amazing to see two women as well, really highly skilled. It didn't, you know, a lot of the time, because I watch a lot of football, you know, people talk about the, the women's game being slower than the men's, it not being as skillful. And it's it's utter rubbish because I watch it all the time. Mm. And, and, and if you watch enough of the women's stuff, it's just as good. Um, and I think, I mean, obviously I haven't got many male fights to compare this to, but I thought, well, if you're saying, Blake and, and, and Stu saying, this is one of the best fights of all time, and it's two women. I think that's great. That's fantastic. I'd definitely watch more now. Definitely. And because I feel like that's taken over now. Boxing's less popular. I know people love boxing, but it feels like MMA is much more, I don't know, it feels like it has more viewers. It has more fans now. It feels like that's sort of taken the lead really a bit. Am I, I right? Think, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think that I, I, I kind of transitioned from boxing into, into uh, MMA because – I think any time I'd ever gone to watch a boxing match, whether it be on TV or, or, or gone to watch one, maybe the fight before it was like pretty good. But yeah. the rest of the card were just kind of like brand new fighters and fighters that I hadn't necessarily heard of. Whereas on a UFC card, as Blake said, you're invested in these 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 people as almost like characters. You 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 know them inside out now. That it, it feels like we've the UFC, it they've took they've drawn a little bit of the kind of glam of like wrestling and they've added it to the mix and mm-hmm. they've just got these brilliant productions and it's just from start to finish, they're all great fights. You know that like for the next four hours and that's a long time to invest in, you know, in, in to sit and watch something, you're in for a real treat. I think definitely UFC is, is, a, is a front runner there. Do you agree, Blake? They've just absolutely yeah, honed it. Absolutely. I mean, I would say that in terms of financially, boxing is probably still ahead of mm. MMA, but MMA is widely seen as probably the fastest growing sport in the world. And it's definitely catching up with, with boxing in terms of popularity and stuff. Um, but I thought you touched on something really interesting there, Laura, where you're talking about the kind of difference in uh, the genders within one sport. Um, and I was thinking to myself um, when rewatching this, it feels to me like, and I'm speaking from a slightly uneducated position here, but I, I feel like MMA is one of the rare sports in the world where the gender gap is almost non-existent. And maybe it is non-existent because the champions all get pay-per-view points. doesn't matter if you're a female champion or a male champion. You get pay-per-view points. So if you're a female champion, you're going to be earning more money than any other man on that card unless that man is a champion. Um, also, as a fight fan, I invest in the female fighters just as much as I invest in the male fighters. I don't feel like within the MMA community, there's so many fantastic female fighters out there. And... Um, 
I don't feel like there's many MMA fans that would go, oh, I don't watch the women. No, you just watch the fights and the technique. And, you know, the two biggest stars in mixed martial arts over the last however many years has been Conor McGregor, he has to be number one, and yeah. Ronda Rousey. And so your two biggest stars are a male and a female. And I think if you, if you were to ask, a, a, you could easily, I think, ask a golf fan or a cricket fan, oh, you like golf, name me 20 golfers. And they could easily name 20 golfers. Name me five female golfers or five female cricketers. I reckon a lot of them would struggle unless they're like a journalist or super unbelievably invested in the sport. Whereas I think your casual MMA fan, if you said name me 20 fighters, some of them would be female just immediately. They wouldn't think to only name the male fighters. And so I think that the gap between the genders in MMA is minuscule if, if they're at all. Uh, whereas in other sports, it's, it seems really vast, whether it be the pay gap, the fame gap, any of that stuff. Female footballers never seem to earn or be as famous as, as the male footballers. And I think the same goes with a lot of sports. But with MMA, I don't think that's the case at all. No, and that's probably because it's, it's new. So, you know, a lot of the sports we just touched on, like, you know, football, whatever, they're, you know, hundreds of years old and established by men initially I suppose so this because this is like a new newish I mean sort of yeah arena maybe that's why um and it was established with women and men together at the same time I don't know because I don't know enough no. about it. Um, no at one point Dana White said he would never Dana White is the president of the UFC and he right, at one right. point when he first started off said he would never have women fight in the UFC and then I don't know at what point he changed his tune, but the first, I think, women's match was, was it Ronda Rousey versus Liz Carmouche for a, a vacant, vacant bantamweight title? And uh, Ronda Rousey won and very quickly became the biggest name in the sport, probably until yeah. Conor McGregor. Absolutely. When was that? What, what, what roughly, how long ago was that? I reckon it was Nine. within the last 10 years, was it? Yeah, okay. maybe. Around 10 years, years Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and, but the women's game, it's, it's, it's amazing. There's, I mean, there are probably double the amount of male divisions than there are female divisions. But the female divisions are, are arguably some of the most exciting divisions in the sport. The strawweight division where this fight took place in particular has got Zhang, Joanna, uh, Rose Namajunas, who is, oh, she's phenomenal. She's got, she's so, Laura, you'd love her. You'd absolutely love her. She's incredible. She's like, um, She's, she's, she's got like the kind of Natalie Portman in Viva Vendetta look, you know, where she shaved her head. So she <laughs> yeah, shaved yeah. her head and she's just like this very skinny, you'd, you'd look at her and just think like, if she wears a hoodie, you probably look at her and think, oh, it's a teenage boy. But yeah. she's just unbelievable. She's so kind of composed in there, but yet so emotional. As she's, so, she's a beautiful fighter to not only watch fight, but also to just get behind and learn about. And I mean, she, she fought Joanna and beat her actually prior to the Zhang Wei Li fights. Um, right. And Joanna was known for like her trash talking and getting under the skin and stuff. And Rose was just there saying the Lord's prayer. It was the, one of the creepiest, like weirdest things. Joanna's chatting all this shit. And she's just like, our oh, father who out in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And it was her way of dealing with like the anxiety of it all. But, oh, it was, she's just brilliant. You should check out Rose Namajunas. I'm a and big fan. Her next I'm fight, her next fight, she's fighting Lee, Laura. Yeah. Oh, when? Uh, oh, about is a it month. May? April, May? April, May. I'll, I'll text you when I, when I know Please when it is. No, I'm, I'm definitely going to 
watch them now because I, I I don't know if I could talk my girlfriend into it because she watched most of it from behind a cushion yeah. and saying this is too stressful <laughs> and she's just like ow ow with everything <laughs> but I'm sure everyone sits there and goes Quah, bloody hell you know oh yeah just I mean just like a foot to the face yeah. and it's the slapping of the skin isn't it but yeah. no I'd, I'm 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 definitely um yeah you've converted me I think I'd definitely watch more I mean I could probably do I will say this as a woman could probably do without the uh, women reminding us in their scanties what round we're on um, I agree you know because that just feels so old hat that feels like boxing back in the 80s do you know what I mean like yep. why do we need that that's the only thing for me that I was a bit like oh really but other than that I think it's like yeah I actually like I quite like that it's only five rounds as well is it more for men no, no, it's all like oh, chat. Wow. So non-title fights are three five-minute rounds and title fights, regardless of gender, are five five-minute rounds. Wow. So again, yeah, I like that. I like that yeah. it's sort of, you know, half hour and because, um, you know, boxing with 12 rounds, that could go on for a long time, can't it? I mean, it often doesn't get to 12 rounds. Yeah. But, um, is it 12 They used to be 12. Tw- yeah, they're 12, uh, but they're th- I think they're three-minute rounds. They're shorter rounds. But yeah. yeah, but the fight in general, I think for MMA is shorter. Yeah, I've got a newfound respect for it. I really have. And I I just, yeah. And it's so varied, isn't it? It's layered. It's not just a bit of kickboxing. It's yes. a bit of everything. Yeah. Um, and it's not just punching. It's, you know, it's sort of, and that sort of one one point we're up against the cage and they're trying to trip each other up, sort of, you know, reminded me of being younger and you're trying to, you know, fight with your brother and you're trying to get the leg round. But their legs are <laughs> like entwined and it looks yeah. like they're going to break the other leg. It's has that happened before? People just broken a leg, um, and then well, what do they do? Carry on? They stop the fight? I think they would stop the fight probably. But I, I've I've not known a leg to break from just like being entwined and rolling around. Maybe you have, Stu. I, I haven't seen that. Knees have been seriously damaged with like locks and things like that. But oh, like, submission attempts, yeah, yeah. Like a lot of arms have been broken, like um, in the wrestling, and and obviously uh, a few legs have been broken with with them kicks that we were talking about at the beginning. Like there's been some a few naughty ones there where mm. like shin on and shin. I, and I gather you can still chuck a towel in as well if the coaches can chuck a towel in if they think you've had enough and all mm-hmm. of that. Is that is that the same way? Yes, is it, yeah, it seems it's a, that's another weird one though that ne- it never happens. These fighters are just kind of too proud, and we've had a few incidents recently where everyone is going stop the fight, someone please stop the fight, and the corner doesn't do it. The fighter, one fighter, Anthony Smith, said, if my corner ever threw the towel in, I'd fire them. And so it's like, but these people are supposed to be looking out for your welfare. That's another thing about MMA where I do think there's situations where the corner should be throwing the towel in uh, a lot more often. But but it it very rarely, if ever, happens. I mean, yeah, because at that point with the hematoma, with uh, Joanna, sorry, uh, I, I would have been tempted to throw because uh, at one point I thought, is someone going to throw the towel in? Because her head, this isn't good. Mm. I mean, she was really beaten up by the end, wasn't she? She was, what? but I think she won it on. Was it a split decision in the end? I think it was a split I thought, decision. Wasn't I thought Whaley won it, no? She won it, but it was a split decision. So on one, on oh, one I of understand the... the numbers were going so fast, yeah. and then I didn't know until she put her belt on. I thought, oh, Whaley. Yeah, Wei so Lee there's won. three judges, and one of the judges thought Joanna won, and two of them thought Whaley won, so Whaley wins. But right, again, I see. if you're in Joanna's shoes, and she's like, I don't care that my forehead's three times the size it normally is. If two judges score it for me, I win the belt. And that's so it, it, that is tricky, but there's some of them where it's clear cut, and you go, Gosh, this should be stopped. This guy's just taking a beating, and there's no way he's going to win. 
Um, but yeah, wow. it happens. It does happen, unfortunately. So, Laura, we've we've actually realised now that you're fight, not flight, which is great. Yeah. So for your fight, two questions. I want to know what song you're going to pick to walk out to the Octagon to. And I want to know what your fight name's going to be. I have to apologise because I probably should have texted you that these questions are coming up. You've been put well on the spot, <laughs> oh, and I can only apologise. So you take oh, your no. you take your time, and we will edit this down if you need it. But uh, yeah, fight right. fight song and fight nickname. But honest to God, take your time. We'll edit it down because uh, that's my bad. I should have texted you these questions are coming up. Oh no! I wish I had time to think about this. Yeah, don't rub it in. I already apologise, Laura, you know. I know. How unprofessional of you. Um, <laughs> my name? Oh, bleat now. Um, do they have names? They're not just use their own name. Yeah, but it'd be like, for instance, like... Um, uh, Laura Checkmate Checkley. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, that's, your, that's your chess fighting name. <laughs> Okay, Laura Cheek Chopper Checkley. Oh, Cheek <laughs> Chopper. Nice. I love the Cheek Chopper. That cheek is chopper. a good one. The Cheek, cheek chopper. chopper. Cheek Chopper Checkley. And my 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 song. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. God, literally all I can get out my <laughs> I can think about is I have the tiger and I'm not picking that because um, that would be rubbish. I'd pick a really gay song like I'm coming out or something. <laughs> <laughs> so they think I'm really fun. Re- like they think, oh, this is fun time, Checkley, cheekbone, Checkley, here she comes. What is it? What did I say? Cheek chopper, Checkley. Yeah, here yeah. she comes and she comes out to big camp old. I'm coming out. I lure them into a sense of she's going to be a pushover and then I'm just like a really dirty fighter just with the constant cheeks. <laughs> dabbing in there cheek chopping just like <laughs> if I'd have had more time I probably would have come up with better <laughs> names would but you know what if you, maybe... if you text if you text me later we'll, we'll make sure we let people know I know I'm happy with my choice I'm I'd, loving be, I'd wear really I'd wear really high vis camp colours yeah <laughs> And then I'd do a bit of like what um, Joanna did. Joanna did like, you know, that way where she smiles a bit. Where, do, do you notice that whenever it's like she, she nearly gets hit or whatever, she does this sort of like yeah. smile like, is that all you got? That's what I'd do. I'd wind them up. It's a... but I'd probably do a lot of dancing about. A lot yeah. of dancing. <laughs> like, Come on. Woo, woo. <laughs> Wear them out, chasing me about. <laughs> and then get them with a quick chop. <laughs> cheek chop. Enter toe in love it. Love it. <laughs> Coming out to Diana Ross's, I'm coming out. That'd be great. Taito Iwasa is an Australian heavyweight that once walked out to uh, My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. It was brilliant. Brilliant. It was fantastic. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, I love that guy. What do oh. they normally come out? Like, what's Conor McGregor's? He always have the same... It's, well, his nickname is the Notorious Conor McGregor, and he comes out to Notorious by Notorious B.I.G. 
but it's yeah, all yeah. usually starts with like a weird kind of Irish. Um, I don't know what you would call it, like some kind of ethereal Irish it, music. It's like an Irish folk song, isn't yeah. it? Because when he had the big fight, he come out and. Um, as he walked out, he looked up and raised his hand and literally up in the, the gods of the arena with Sinead O'Connor singing it live and it just was pretty pretty special, that. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. I've now got loads of songs going through my head. Do you know what? I, I think Dinah Ross. <laughs> I mean, it starts it proper anyway, <laughs> that. Like, yeah. <laughs> The crowd would go wild. They would love you. I, I think so. If anything, they'd be like, listen, she'll do 30 seconds of entertainment at least, dancing about, she'll be funny. And then like one one hit, she's out. But that's what it's about, you know. You don't want them to be indifferent towards you. Though. You want them to love, them or hate you, love you or hate you. And that's it. That's yeah. what gets you the money. You, you'll do Absolutely. well. Okay. Laura, thank you so much for coming on and doing Fight or Flight. Oh, thank you. Because I now feel like you know I've discovered a new sport. It's um, I actually I, I honestly mean that. I'll be texting you, Blake. Brilliant. No, any time. I can give you a load of fights to watch and stuff. It'd be great, and I'll let you know when the good ones are happening live as well. Oh, I'd love that. I'd love that. Cheek thank chopper, Checkley, you legend. <laughs> Thanks very much for for coming on. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. There you go. That's a wrap for episode three, Blake. Oh, that's great. I mean, I'm so happy that Laura Checkley has, has jumped on the MMA bandwagon. I'm really happy about that. We've converted someone. Definitely. She's going to love watching Rose Fighter as well. That's, I mean, that's, oh. that's a fight I'm so hyped for anyway. What a um, fight that's going to be. Huge thanks again um, to Brad Pickett for kicking off today's show. Um, thanks so much, Brad. Absolute superstar. Um, before we look ahead briefly, uh, just another thanks to you lot for listening because you've got behind this podcast right from the off and we can't thank you enough for that. Stay in touch with us. Um, we're on all the, the usual social media platforms, so give us a like, love, share, retweet and all of that stuff. And better still, subscribe and then we'll just pop up on your listening device every time we release an episode. What's coming up? Um, well, uh, what's coming up with us is uh, next week's episode. We will have Cage Warriors uh, former featherweight champion Paddy Pimblet on. Uh, he's got a fight coming up soon. Uh, and, um, yeah, he's just one of the most exciting young fighters around. He's still only 26 years old. He has been on the cusp of a UFC contract on multiple occasions has actually turned them down a couple of times and I'm going to ask him about how difficult a decision that was when we interview him and uh, yeah he's an, if you don't know Paddy Pimlet, go on YouTube and look at some of his highlight reels the guy is so exciting to watch we're talking flying triangles you know slamming people down exciting striking like he's got everything and he's got some epic walkouts and he's an absolute legend up in Liverpool as well so yeah very exciting fighter I mean as much as I loved uh, the cheekbone chopper if you're going to have a name <laughs> Paddy the Baddie I mean oh. that is spectacular <laughs> Paddy the Baddie Gimlet well we're so looking forward to having him on uh, on the next episode and uh, yeah also uh, before we go we have to just mention that this Saturday is a huge uh, fight card for English MMA fans because we've got Davy Grant on the prelims, we've got Darren the Dentist Stewart is fighting, and the headliner is obviously Leon Rocky Edwards taking on Bilal Mohammed. 
We spoke about this before, didn't we, Stu? It feels like there's not a huge amount in this for Leon. I feel like he should be deserving of a title shot already, but he's been inactive due to the COVID uh, situation. Um, so, yeah, so he's got to go and fight someone who's ranked 10 places below him, and Bilal Mohamed isn't an easy fight. You know, well documented. It just feels like Leon's one of the unluckiest fighters. Uh, you oh. know, he, he's, he's an absolute beast of a fighter. He should be getting them huge, huge fights now. It's great to see him top the card, but against a fighter that, I mean, you know, with the greatest respect, you know, he's, he's, he's a, you know, a well-ranked fighter, but I think Leon Edwards has, has, has moved past that rank of fighter now and should be fighting bigger and better guys. Yeah, that's the problem with the welterweight division, it seems, that none of them want to fight each other. They all think they're deserving of a title shot. You've got Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal, Leon Edwards. Uh, I know Stephen Thompson's injured at the moment, but he'll be coming back soon as well. I mean, there's a lot of talent up the top of the welterweight division, but they all seem to not really want to fight each other. They want to kind of go straight. They all feel like they're deserving of that title shot. But for me, Leon Edwards, if he can get a a win here, and not just maybe a win, but a, a decent win as well, um, then I, he's surely got to be number one contender for Usman but we we will see what happens absolutely mate it's been a blast been lovely right. see you next time bye bye